Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 47. I'm excited and very enthusiastic to have this wonderful Romanian lady with me, Veronica Guguian, or the international name would be Veronica. Spin ideas and connect the dots. A bit about Veronica, since her background is very interesting and she has so much to offer us today about marketing and so much more. And um, I advise you that you have a pen and paper because this is going to be very educational, both as very fun. Veronica is a strategic marketer with over 17 years of experience that loves creating. Her superpower is connecting the dots. She created Spin Ideas, a strategic marketing agency to help startups, scale-ups and SMEs to convert their stories into marketing strategies. She caters to a broad range of clients from tech, coaching, housing, events, and chemical industry. She strongly adheres to the power of strategic partnerships, collaborating with others instead of competing. I love this so much. Her belief is that by working together, we can create massive impact, completely agree, and authenticity is the best way to communicate and reach your audience. She is passionate about sharing her knowledge via talks and the workshops, as well as with her clients. Welcome, Veronica. What a privilege to have you here with us today. Thank you, Roxana, for having me here, and congratulations on Thank you so much. I love it. It's fantastic when you get the community to meet wonderful business people as you are, to not only listen, but to also implement the knowledge that you are about to share with us today. So my first question for you is... How did you start your amazing journey and how is life in the Netherlands for you? Ooh, two very heavy questions. <laughs> my life is beautiful. I do enjoy my life and I do like it. Um, how did I start? Uh, my question is, start what? Which one? <laughs> because there are several things. Spin and, uh, ideas. <laughs> the spin ideas. Spin Ideas was launched in uh, January 2017 and uh, actually was launched unofficially, it's like he, a little bit earlier than that, it's like earlier than that and uh, I used to work, so maybe actually I need to take several steps back <laughs> to be able to tell uh, the Spin Ideas story because uh, as you said, I'm Romanian, I'm coming from Prashov, that's a lovely city I do enjoy a lot. Um, and um, I used to have my own business there. I used to have an e-commerce platform and also a concept store selling uh, designer French clothes in Romania. And if you're Romanian or if you know anything about uh, East Europe, you will, you will know that type of businesses were going to work there because we do love to dress up and be nice and feel pretty. and. 
you know, we discussed about things like we were discussing about makeup before. So it's it's part of our culture, and everything was wonderful. It was going quite well until, uh, together with my partner, we decided to move to the Netherlands. Um, and my initial thought was, okay, no worries. I'm gonna just go there and um, spend a couple of months to. Uh, understand the environment, to understand the culture, to understand the audience, and I'm going to just grab my business from Romania and move into the Netherlands, right? Sounds quite easy, and like I'm closer to, to France, I can do a lot of things, right? Uh, and that was the idea I came to when I moved to the Netherlands, but um, quite quickly I realized that was not going to happen. <laughs> like, the Dutch culture, or at least Dutch culture at that particular moment, 2010, when I moved here, especially when it comes to fashion, was so different from the Romanian one that it was impossible to launch. And of course, back home, you do have your support group, you have your connections, your network. It's, it's totally different. But moving to a different culture, it's quite hard to do that. So that being said, I decided to not be an entrepreneur any longer <laughs> or for time being or to put to put everything on hold and to go and look for a job in order to actually create what I just mentioned, my network to understand the environment, to understand the culture, to figure it out where mine this new world. And um, this is what I did actually. I I I knew just one person, another Romanian here, and the rest of us was quite scary, I have to say. I felt a little bit lost. So what I did, I uh, I just went and applied and uh, found a job and uh, worked. I, I worked for for a media agency. And uh, what I used to do, I used to create marketing strategies and sell them for different clients. And I have to say that was one of the best things I could, or the best jobs I could have started with, because. Um, that enabled me to create my network, to figure it out, to understand the culture, to figure it out what I like, what I don't like, um, enabled me to travel quite a lot and also to work with clients all over the world. So mm-hmm. I used to have a specific point around 200 clients um, and to internationally. So that, that was a big, big learning curve for me because working with different nationalities you see the difference between them you understand the biases you understand what do they like what don't they like how do you need to approach them because as we know everyone is different and funny enough we were checking before like how when you are communicating how a Romanian person are gonna filter things and interpret that answer to a Dutch one and I think that applies for I can't say I'm an expert any longer, I'm actually an immigrant, if I'm completely honest with myself, but we don't want to recognize that. So I'm an international, is the, the more common word that you're going to understand. It's very hard to, to say I'm Romanian or I'm, I'm Dutch or I'm whatever, because all of those small things impact your, your understanding of the world and your, your, um, the way you're communicating, the way you're perceiving things, your biases and everything. Um, so. I, I got the job <laughs> to come back to, to, the, to your question. Um, and I was there for almost six years when um, it was time for me to stop. And one of the, the main reasons I stopped was the fact that if you woke me up in the middle of the night, I would have been able to do my job. And for me, that's actually a very bad thing. 
because that means there's no challenge. That means I'm not gonna do for the best I can because I'm gonna act as a robot. And um, I realized afterwards actually that I had a small burnout as well. That was a little bit too much. So what I did, I actually quit, and I took one month in which I didn't do anything, and it was so strange. <laughs> was so uncomfortable and out of my comfort zone because you say like not doing anything should be easy right <laughs> for me it wasn't that easy however in that one i actually told myself not to do anything you really need to rest and after that i said but now and now this is actually how spin idea was created because what i knew from my background from from my time in Romania was one thing was for sure, I want to work for myself again. So that was non-negotiable, was one thing that I really knew. The second thing, and that was also based on my experience back home, but also because of my work at that media company, was the fact that I'm really good at marketing and I love marketing. And the third thing was that um, I want to work with startups. That thing kind of changed a little bit afterwards, but those were the three ingredients that I had. And then the question was, what can I do with these things? So what I did uh, as any marketeer, I started doing a very unofficial market research and uh, and also a little bit of focus group. So I started attending, I already knew and had network in this uh, between entrepreneurs. Um, so I just, got curious, I went to as many events and as, as I could and I spoke with as many people as I could, asked them, what do you do when it comes to marketing? How do you uh, approach marketing? What are your needs? What's, what do you find easy? What do you find hard? Just, and sometimes not even asking questions, just telling them, so what what's your business about? And just listening to them um, was, was very interesting to, to get the answers. And also combined with my prior experience working for, for, uh, for the media company, one thing became extraordinarily clear to me. Everyone was doing marketing activities, but no one had the proper strategy behind it. No one was working towards a specific goal. No one actually understood, one like properly understood what they need to do, who they are, what they are doing. They were changing things overnight. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you have to do that. But you do need that baseline. You do need to have the basics in place in order to, to build up on. Now, like think about construction or a Lego game or anything. You do need that structure, right? And what was clear to me was that um, the majority didn't have that structure. So... This is actually how Speed Ideas got started. The focus was from the beginning on the strategy. It's still on, it's on the strategy. Of course, in, we launched in 2017, so that five years later, a lot of things changed. <laughs> and uh, we created, uh, I created my own methodology, the Speed methodology. I have a team now, so I'm not alone. Uh, we, we are more clear on what we want, but the core is the same, the strategy. And that's the long story of how Spin Idea was, was born. <laughs> what a story. Thank you for telling us for telling us this amazing path. I know that it was not the easiest thing to move from Romania to a completely new culture. 
I also moved to Belgium. It was very hard for me. I lost so much weight. I was missing home. I was never gone for so long. And I wanted to ask you before we're going into this marketing area that I know that you love so much. How did you deal with fear back then? That's a good question. You, you kind of power through A friend of mine told me, um, and I strongly believe in that actually, if you're not afraid of something, a little bit, not, not to be terrified, so there are several levels of fear here, <laughs> let's just be clear, but if you're not fearing something, it doesn't really work doing it. Because that means is, do you remember what I said when you wake me up at two o'clock and I, I'm like a robot, I can do it instantly? It's the same thing. This fear, the, the little bit of fear, I do see it as stimulating. It will make me work harder to research, figure out different solutions, will, will put my mind in here, if you want to say it like that. Will make me be creative, will make me see different ways of different opportunities. And this is actually what I really love doing. Let's look at a, a situation, a project, uh, event, whatever you want, and let's see how can we find a different way of doing it. How can we find a different perspective to this? And I see here um, there's again several levels, but this which is to say, okay, I acknowledge fear is here. Um, what do I do with it? love it. I love this. And you were faced with a situation that you could not really go back. You didn't want to go back. You didn't want to feel like you quit. You always can go back. You always have the choice. Is Do you want it or not? And for me it was, no, I don't want to. So I already made the decision. So your option that <laughs> stated was, what now? What do I do with this opportunity? And I have to say, I did saw it as an opportunity because my grandma used to say every single language, new language that you learn, it's a new life that you're gaining. And I never really understood it until I actually moved to the Netherlands and basically you stop speaking Romanian, you start speaking in English or you, then you try Dutch, that's quite hard, especially if you live in Amsterdam and Brussels speaks, speaks English and I'm pretty sure Brussels um, was, was a similar situation for you as well. So what, what I learned actually by coming here and having to, first of all, you have to improve your language because you say, oh, I know how to speak English. But when you actually start speaking it all day, you realize you don't have vocabulary for some basic things or if you need to do repairs in the house, like I wasn't prepared for that, but you do learn slowly, slowly. But that also kind of, you reinvent yourself because you meet new people and those people have an impact on, on you and you are learning new things so automatically you are growing and changing that's the only constant in life is change right so once that you do that you you basically have a different you create a new persona right and um i feel this is actually what happened to me it wasn't something conscious or that i wanted to do that it just happened and i'm pretty sure that happens to everyone and it's not necessarily 
even if you're moving to a different city, you become different because you don't have your support group there. You have new people, new situation, and you need to grow up or you need to adapt or you need to change in order to face that new situation. And actually, not only face, I, I, I don't want to face a situation, I want to thrive in the situation. So that implies a different set of skills. I love it. Thank you for saying this. You want to thrive. You want your best life. You're not okay with just, okay, it'll be just fine. I'll just figure it out. No, I want the best solution. And this mentality, this has uh, really helped you boost things up and uh, take all the opportunities that came to you later on. I love this. This is a lot of ambition, but I think it's an ambition that you grew through the years it's not something that we are born with and i always tell our listeners to always work on attaining a certain skill because you're not necessarily born with it unless it's maybelline <laughs> but not even then you just need to work on the things that you want and i can see and feel how much you have invested in you and um it's, it's interesting because you say uh, ambition and probably this ambition as well, but I do see it more as a curiosity. So if you're curious, like, what will happen if I do that? And um, this is what I approach also with my clients and what I invite everyone joining my online networking event to do or other events. Um, just be curious. You have no idea what will happen. Just look how we got to know each other, right? You interviewed... I think Frank, Frank, and, and yeah. Frank, Frank, Rick, and Peter, yeah, that invited you. But Frank, because he joined my networking event, he met Rick, that he invited him wow. to have a chat and to create a podcast. And they joined another friend of them, and they now have an amazing podcast, and they have a road trip, and they have, they are actually launching a business around that. So Frank as well met another Herman that is. Um, is part of the, the spin community as well and they actually start working and collaborating on a specific program that involves video and photos and different other things so if you're curious and you're like let me see what happens let me see who is here and what they do then connections can happen curiosity that initial curiosity will open doors to new opportunities Fantastic. Yes, curiosity. This is a lesson that I'm also, uh, I, I need to learn this curiosity more because I always say I'm curious, but I'm not curious enough unless I know that things are going to go uh, well for me, which I should change. I think I need a new approach. <laughs> and uh, You do have a, a goal in mind and you're working towards that. That's a different style. And that's good. Um, one shouldn't eliminate the other one. But maybe try to allocate a specific amount of time to be curious and just do a research and attend different events or read different things or listen to whatever you want and see what happens. That doesn't mean everything will be good. Some things are just to say thank you and goodbye. Some, they may open you opportunities and some they could just make you happy and no business connection or they are purely for your soul so you never know 
You are so right. Thank you for mentioning this. This is a great lesson for me and I wrote it down. I love this analysis that you made between, yeah, keep the goal in mind, but also take time to do something new because what gets us to change at the end of the day is the new experience. And yeah, things may not go as we plan. Things may go even better. Let me tell you something. I feel things never go as we plan them. So that's the difference between business when you are just focusing on a specific goal, like how I do. I actually, what I noticed in, in business, I'm going to make parenthesis here. People don't set up goals and then they are going all over the place and at the end of the day they don't get the resource that they need so you do need that structure and that core setting there because then it's i call them the shiny objects so every single day you have a new platform coming a new tool new marketing opportunities and tools and whatnot the thing is what you need to do is get that once that you have a plan you know where you need to go get that new opportunity new shiny object that i call how i call it and ask yourself, would this help me reach my goal? And if the answer is yes, then just include it in your planning and go ahead. If the answer is no, then you need to say goodbye to it. It's very simple. So business-wise, you do need that. You do need that structure. But you do need to, how do you get inspired if you're not curious and you're not letting things happen? So those shiny things, you do need to be, to be aware of them. But the question is, do you need to keep them? What do you need to keep? What do you need to throw? What do you need to maybe say, I'm curious about it, what's interesting, it's not for me, I'm going to pass it on to someone else that will actually can benefit from this. Thank you for saying this. Love it. Yes, structure is so important. And by the way, Veronica, can you please tell us, which would you think are the best things for a startup to keep in mind when wanting to be more visible, when wanting to have more clients, since I know this is your preferred field and I know that our listeners, (laughs) I know that everyone wants to to hear this from you. Um, I love this question. Actually, this is how I structure my methodology based on this. What do you need in order to, to succeed? And it's very, very simple, actually. So let me share the SPIN methodology because that will answer your question, basically. So the SPIN methodology has four simple steps. And the first one, uh, it's actually all about you. And I do, what what do I mean about that? It's, It's the moment when you need to sit down and clarify who are you as a company? How do you want to be perceived? What do you stand for? What is your motivation, what is your mission, what is your why, why are you in the business that you are or about to start. And that will actually dictate everything. That will dictate the way you're communicating, the way you're presenting, um, what do you feel comfortable with. Like for example, you're very comfortable with videos, podcasts, you're driving this, that fit your personality. But I know so many people that are just scared of that. They are amazing writers, but if you put them in a camera, it's like completely different person so you need to figure it out what works for you because that will be translated in the marketing tools that you're going to use later you can see it a little bit like personal uh, development right in order for you to grow you need to start with you you need to start with what do i need 
or what makes me happy, what tools do I need to implement or skills do I need to, what skills do I need to develop to be better. It's more or less the same thing. So what you, the first thing that you need in your business is actually be very clear on who you are and what, what are your values, what motivates you. And I would advise uh, to go a step further, like what we did with the new website that we launched, we actually stated our values on our website. We made it very clear um, what we stand for and that will make it easier for the clients to say, yes, I do, I do agree with that I want to work with you or no, I don't want to work with you. And that will be easier for me not to waste time with people that I honestly don't connect because nothing, nothing good will come out of that. So that's one, one step. Step two, it's actually about the audience. Don't go to the audience until you don't know what you want. So, and especially when it comes to values, because what you want for a business to thrive is that connection between you and your customer. And that usually ha happens at the value and beliefs level. That's the easiest way and the best way to do it in order to create a relationship, to create a foundation that you can build upon. So go and um, actually everything that I'm saying, by the way, I have free uh, resources on my website, forms that you can download and you can actually go and play. There are different exercises you can, you can do to, to start working on that. So the second uh, step is about the audience and we do have a human-centric approach. So that means we put a human, not a customer at the center of it. So when you go and create the, the avatar of your client, the profile of your client, I'm always um, going deeper than the demographics or initial data. What I invite all my clients to do is go and have a chat with them, understand what makes them happy, what are their passions, how do they spend their time, what, what motivates them, what makes them jump out of bed in the morning. And also what makes them stay under the blankets and say that fear that you mentioned, what makes them say no to you. And that will, by having all this, this information, will help you actually come up with a different approach. The, just to make it, make it concrete for you, because I, I understand could sound very ambiguous, <laughs> or like you can't really place it right. But um, for example, I'm, I'm um, providing workshops for HEAL, an organization based in Den Haag, an incubator that works with startups in Africa. Uh, startups that are focusing on, uh, on social impact, uh, legislation, and innovation. And one thing that we all actually know about Africa is that people are very religious there. So the church plays a very important role in their life. Um, and that's very important. And very particular, like comedians. Even if the church could be important, no one's gonna go to the church to make a decision, for example. Maybe more more to the pub will be <laughs> but not there. However, people in different culture and it's very specific to that. So instead of just going and putting money in Facebook ads, they I advised them and what they switched was to go and actually speak at the church or have uh, the pastor promote them or have something there helping the community and promoting their business differently. And that already switches the conversation. So the moment you really understand your audience and who's influencing them, how what's their, their support group, what makes them happy, what are their hobbies and how do they spend the time, you can be very creative in the way you, you are targeting them. 
Uh, so that brings us to that was the second step of the methodology and also what you need to do in order to reach the to be successful. The third one is a little bit different from everyone else. As probably you're gonna you're gonna not be a surprise, but the third step the third step in my methodology is to set up a call. And why I want you to do that? Because if you don't know where you're going, how can you prepare for that trip? Just imagine if you're going on holidays and if you don't know where you go, how do you pack? Are you going to the seaside? Should you put your bathing suit? Or are you going to, to climb a mountain and you should have your your gear, your your um, harness and, and uh, everything uh, like warm sweater and things like that. So you, you need to know where you're going. And again, I have a file that before you can download and get. We do follow the smart methodology. So you need to be specific. You need to know who's doing that. You need to have clear measurements of, of, of the goal. So don't say I want more clients. That doesn't mean anything, honestly. How can you measure that? More clients can be one more. Does that actually help your business? And the moment you know how, let's say, everybody will gonna say I want more clients, and that's everyone. In order to, to have a, a, a good business, you to need more clients. So that means you want more clients, and you need to put a number that is realistic. If you say I want one, 100 clients, but you're not able to serve more than one per month, you'll never be able to do that until the end of the year, right? And the opposite is not going to happen in your business. So you need to be very clear who and to do the reverse engineering. The moment you know how many you want, because you list the number, you, do know, you will know what you need to put in place in order to achieve that. So let's say you want 10 more clients per month, for example, and you know in order to get one client, you need to have 10 discussions. And have 10 discussions if you write 10 social media posts, one article, and you have 10 conversations. And you start applying, placing those in, in your calendar and you start doing that. And the first step is actually connecting all these dots. And I do like to like imagine you have here above, you have the goal, then here you have the triangle. One, the upper corner, the upper one is, is the, the goals and the base you and your clients. And then you are just connecting the dots because everyone has access to the same marketing tactics. Like you're not reinventing the wheel. It's a matter of picking the ones that are good for you, that you're feeling comfortable implementing and represent your company. And in the same time, you speak to your audience, go and be present for your audiences. And then you start playing and you start implementing. And marketing is, is a marathon, so it's a long-term game. You're, you're gonna have sprints on the way, where sprints can be a conference, an event, or can it be a paid campaign, for example. But you need that base that I was mentioning before. You do need the structure to be in place in order to build up. Wow. This is this amazing masterclass on marketing that you are teaching us today. I love this. And this example of the African culture that is so into church and religious and very spiritual. This makes so much sense. And now my mind is also running in a different direction. This is fantastic. And would you say, Veronica, is there a difference between marketing and branding? What do you think? Uh, it, branding is a part of the marketing. 
and depends on what the branding can be also the, on the visuals for example of your brand how do you want to look visually but marketing encompasses that and it's much more so and when it comes to the marketing strategy that actually has everything inside i'm noticing when i'm speaking with people they don't understand what the marketing digital marketing or marketing strategies for them usually is social media and again social media is it, it is part of the marketing but it's a small part and usually the majority of the companies are using it as a distribution channel um, and it's very dangerous actually you should use it as a, as a strat as a distribution channel but not as your main platform because you have no control over it it's a, an external party that can anytime close you. How many cases I heard of, um, they close my Facebook or Instagram accounts because of you didn't do anything, was purely an error and you just fight, fight with them to get it back. What do you do then on, when everything, your entire business is there? How do you get your clients? So you need to have control over it. You do need to have your own website. You can have it, you don't need to spend a lot of money on that, so it's not about that. But you do need to have control over the resources that you have. And the audience, your clients, they shouldn't be on Facebook. They will be there following you, but you need to get them to your website or to your emailing list. Did that answer your question? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love this. I love this. And indeed, many of the people that I speak with as well think that social media is everything. These platforms are awesome, but they are not as safe as you also say. And having a website and having an email list is something that everyone should focus on. You know, I wish I had met you a few years ago. Where were you? <laughs> here <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I, I appreciate this amazing knowledge so much and I advise everyone all of our listeners and everyone watching us to get in touch with Veronica set up a call with her and see how she can help you create the best structure and the best strategy in everything that you want to do with your business and as you're a startup, I know that you are still working on things. You still want to figure out maybe which is the best niche. And Veronica, before we go today, I have uh, this uh, important question for you because I see it everywhere. What's with the niching? Do we need to hyper niche? Do we need to super niche? <laughs> what is your opinion on this? You do need to niche. It's good to niche because that will give you focus. Super niching? No, I'm not really sure. You know, everyone tends to... Again, I'm gonna go to the shiny object. Wants to do things shinier. You could super niche as well, if it makes sense for your business. But do niche. And the funny thing about niching is actually that one that you are very clear on a specific profile. By the way, every company has more client profiles that they are targeting. It's not only one. I'm also working with three profiles in process of launching actually the fourth one. So don't say, oh, I just need to fit everyone in one box because that will not gonna happen. And probably you have two or three and that's fine. It's okay. Don't stress about that. Um, so when you think about niching, think about those main actors, those main profiles that you are creating. 
and those should be the people and the, the businesses or the, the target audience you're focusing on. And by doing that, actually, you're going to see more things are going to come to you and more things like, for example, we are focusing on strategy and this is what we are promoting, educating, writing, preaching everywhere, right? This is what makes me happy and this is something that I believe and work towards. But that doesn't mean um, I'm not offering more services because once that you create a strategy and that became very organic in my company, once that we created the strategy, people said, but now I need more help. And then we developed uh, a service where we are actually helping them implement, either taking over and actually doing it for them or advising them. And new things come up why? Because we niched and then we discovered what they want and we are able to serve them and to provide something that they actually need and ask for instead of just imagining and doing different things that honestly you have no idea what if they need it or not. And also it's about the competition. If you just want to compete or to, to look at a different company and copy, you don't have the same beliefs, you don't have the same people, you don't have same you don't have the same company basically and the same way of thinking we are all unique because of our experiences and how we think right so you can't replicate that it does make sense see what you want to achieve what you're good at start with that and more things are gonna come afterwards wow you mentioned some fantastic things here. Now, I'm going to revisit some of my own things because this is just very clear explaining of what we need to focus on in order to be more out there. And would you say that the first step for a startup would be to focus on their values, to be super clear on who are they really? Start with that, and that will also tell you who you want to work with. And the hardest thing, actually, is to work with a client that doesn't make you happy, actually makes you miserable. And you will not be able to deliver a high-quality service or product to them because of that. Actually, a product is quite easy if you just send a, sell the product. But if you're working and consulting or you're in the service uh, industry, you will have issues. Issues are going to come along the way. And the end result will not be good. So you have to be very clear on that and you have to be able to say no. And that was one of the hardest things I had to do. You know, the, the moment you need to sign the contract, but your entire body, like your gut tells you, do that, you're going to regret it and issues are going to come. You have to say no. And that's my advice, just listen to your gut and say no, even if it's the hardest thing. Because something else is going to come. But the moment you say from desperation or whatever reason yes to that, you'll end up losing in the end. The results will not be there, the person will not be happy, the reviews will not be the ones that you want. So, and you'll be miserable. So what's the point? You are so right. I always say, Veronica, that even the smallest compromise, the slightest compromise that one could ever make, they may say, oh, it's just this tiny bit. I mean, it's not going to count. But then it's this thing of how you do one thing, you do them all. And it grows on you. Then you have to do another one, then another one. And then you end up a few months ahead, as you say, 
and you are not enjoying what's happening in your business and this is the painful part because it's different from being in a job where let's say that it's so much more easier to detach yourself to observe it from from distance but when it's your business it's like your baby and you feel in this uh, you feel that you have come uh, to feel like in a prison and this is to be avoided i'm trying to actually not to use my business as my baby i wish to say that and i can't remember now who actually told me not to do so i like to see it as an extension of my personality that's for sure and my beliefs but if i see it as my baby it would be harder to detach at the specific point and let's be honest we need to be able to detach from our business in order to get a different perspective or just to rest our brains. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm reluctant saying it's my baby, even if actually it is. But when you say that, it's also harder to delegate or to let people in. And the past two years, my, my team grew, so I was in process of launching the new website and also moving from that one men show, one person show uh, to a team and how do I how do I create the procedures, how do I create the processes, how do I translate what is in my head to a team, do we all have the same values, what direction do they want to develop, how do I integrate that and it's, it took me two years, <laughs> it's still a work in progress but I do feel we are there, we, we are getting there and what I learned from this and I do have mentors and, and coaches helping me out is the fact that align at the beliefs and value level once that you have that, it's way easier to create and you have, you have something in common and have something to work towards and to, to um, go back to I am very grateful that you said this because now I see exactly what you mean. And I have heard this before. Don't compare your business with anything else because then it's very difficult to let it go. Thank you for saying this. And as you said at the beginning, you had a hard time taking that one month off, right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> now uh, I realize that it's hard for me, Veronica, to take off more than a day. Even that day, I kind of want to check an email. I kind of want to do something. And this limiting belief that I have been carrying until now, <laughs> thanks to you, that I, I'm taking this out of my system, seeing it as a baby. Obviously, we need to take care of the baby every single day. And we need I'll take to... A break from being Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think it's so important to build a lifestyle at the end of the day, not a business and have a healthy relationship with your business. And I want to tell everyone that I loved our conversation before we actually started the podcast, when you said that you have your boundaries, you're not working after 5pm, which is amazing. And I love that. You know who you are, you want a business, but you also want a lifestyle. I actually see entrepreneurship as a lifestyle. So just to clarify for everyone, I don't work after five for a couple of hours, but I will pick up my laptops afterwards around eight if I have to. So because otherwise you can't really finish the entire work. But I am um, I am quite strict at finishing at five and taking. I'm, I'm walking my dog and I'm actually taking a break for me as well because you know, 
each of us are different. For example, my partner is really good at working in the night. I'm not. So you need to figure it out. What's that one? When do I actually need to stop? Because what I'm creating at that point is not good. I will have to redo it. I will not be happy. The, the results are just mediocre compared to what I want to deliver. So as I'm pretty sure you know this better than me, each body is different and each of us, we have different different things when we are good during the day. I like to call myself, actually, I'm always making fun of this, I'm a day person. <laughs> so I can't say necessarily a morning or, or, or an evening or, or a night one or things like that. But I do need the sun. I do need this to be a specific hours to be productive. So um, what I learned in those breaks when I feel now I is not good i used to do exactly like you like power through them i need to do it i'm gonna go ahead and do it honestly you end up redoing everything so it will cost you more in the end so how about i'm stopping and having one hour break or even two hours break and let go of the guilt because that was the hardest part i felt guilty to say no i'm not gonna feel guilty about that and then you're gonna actually work um three hours in the evening and produce what you need to produce. So sometimes like stop and watch Netflix or whatever whatever works for you. Each one is different. Go for a walk in the forest. And now uh, you'll see the results are way better. But I struggled with sorry, I struggled a lot with that, with uh, letting go of I felt guilty. I actually felt guilty not taking a break or not working towards my business and you're not even working in your business you know it's, it's, it doesn't make sense it makes so much sense and i love hearing you talk about this because there's such a subtle difference between running your business and then having your business run you and i'm also in this um, part of my life where i'm combining motherhood with business and it's pretty challenging most of the time. <laughs> yes, at the same time. And I mostly work on the US time zone, slowly going back to the European one, since I see that my baby girl now sleeps better during the night, so I can rest as well. But I do have to admit that it is an ongoing process, and we do test and have trials and uh, make sure to be uh, <laughs> both productive and be there for her. And at the end of the day, I'm choosing her over anything else because as much as I love content creating and I love talking to people and promoting all of these amazing aspects of business, having her, uh, having her be uh, happy and fulfilled, it's... Uh, it's very important for me. And as you say, we need to, to be true to our values. We need to know who we are. And a few days ago, after I did some intense coaching, I realized that the, the order needs to be this one. Me, my needs, what makes me happy, being relaxed, being healthy, being well-fed, <laughs> because otherwise I can't take care of my daughter. <laughs> yeah. And then it's my daughter, and then it's business. And for two years, Veronica, I've struggled with, oh my goodness, I need to take care of myself, but what about my baby? But then I soon realized that if I don't take care, proper care of myself, 
Isabel will not exactly. She will not be properly taken care of. But that's also a culture. The, the society and the culture there's you like you don't matter, and that's particularly in Romania actually. Here in the Netherlands, it's different. That the focus is not on the mother from the moment you you are pregnant. It's on the the child. Instead of here, the focus is on the mother because if the mother is good, the kid will be good as well. And that's it's ex, it makes perfect sense, but it's a cultural thing. Yes, it makes all the sense that I. You can't have it any other way around. Thank you for saying this. And I think it's mainly here in the eastern side of Europe where people think that everything needs to be let aside for the babies. And I just want to tell uh, to tell you and everyone a funny story. When I was a child, and uh, maybe I think that you can relate to this, when my parents would have uh, something very good or something more rare to eat, they would say, I'm keeping it for the baby, for my girl. I'm not going to even taste it. <laughs> and they would feel guilty, Veronica, even for thinking about tasting that uh, delicious meal, which is not okay. Guilt. It's a cultural thing. And actually, if you think, everybody could, everyone could have a taste and be happy and enjoy it as a family and make it something of an experience instead of, no, the kids... Let's be honest, the kid will also feel bad. And also, what values do you pass on to the kids? That somebody needs to sacrifice something. Why? Exactly. When everyone can actually share that. You are so right. And even now, I need to be very careful with what I tell my parents. Because if they feel that I put the focus on me <laughs> and not on my baby girl, God forbid... God forbid, <laughs> I I could even put this in plan because I had such a, an interesting conversation with my dad telling me, okay, how are you going to travel without your baby girl? Because I went to the US a few months ago. Obviously, I couldn't take her with me. And they were, they did not believe that I would be leaving until my dad took me to the airport. Because in, in their world, how they were brought up, they would never think that they would do anything without the child, without putting the child first, which is not healthy at all. It's also a matter of educating and just sharing with them and accepting, like, I accept your point of view, but this is my point of view and this is what I'm going to do. Exactly. It's, and hard. it's easier for me saying that because I do live in a different culture and I do recognize uh, speaking with my mom or going home and looking around. I do recognize it and it's, it's, it is the culture. However, that being said, looking at my sister and younger generations, I do feel things are changing and new ways of doing things are implemented. But as, as any, any, any action that involves mentality switch, it takes long time. So we're not going to happen overnight, but probably your daughter's generation will be really different. <laughs> oh, yes. I am <laughs> teaching her to do whatever she feels like doing without having any regrets, with just being, mostly being and not doing too much because it seems that this overachieving culture that we are seeing now mostly everywhere it's about doing 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 but we sometimes need to just be 
and enjoy the fruits of our great labors because we sometimes do forget that we have achieved and accomplished so much. And it's so easy to forget that. What I do, all my, uh, all my team meetings will start with sharing what are we celebrating. And that makes you stop and sometimes, even if you had the, the shittiest weekend, let's be honest, we all have that, it will make you think and new things come up and you realize how many things you take for granted and you're not, not celebrating them or not enjoying them. Exactly. We do, we do create the, the space for that. And I do invite everyone to create the space for, for just two minutes, doesn't take long. And just think, what what are you celebrating? And it can be the fact that you went with your daughter to the park or to, you did something nice or you ate that amazing cake <laughs> or whatever. It doesn't need to be like, you know, rocket science or it doesn't need to be something amazing. It needs to be something amazing for you. Wow, I love this. This has been revelatory in many ways and veronica can you please tell us before we go how can people get in touch with you how can they know more about spin ideas how do you help them exactly so that they have this summary at the end of our amazing talk oh um let's see <laughs> too many questions <laughs> the easiest just go to spinideas.nl and then we're going to have everything. You're going to have, you have the chance to book a virtual coffee with me. Uh, you see everything that we do. You see our articles, access to the free resources, um, access to the online networking with the spin events that we organize every month. Um, everything, actually. <laughs> and um, again, my email address is my name, Veronica with a C. <laughs> at spinideas.net just reach out to me or on LinkedIn and now let's get to know each other fantastic thank you so much for being with us Veronica thank you for sharing your wisdom on business and marketing and life at the end of the day because I love how healthy your relationship with your life with your lifestyle is and I have thank to you say thank for having me here <laughs> It's my pleasure, and I have to say that your resources on the website are fantastic. I have downloaded them all, and I'm very grateful to be in touch with your amazing work. Our fearless friends, make sure to get in touch with my wonderful, beautiful Romanian guest, this amazing marketer that has moved from one side of the world to the other, so she can have an international impact on you starting your business, wanting to do more, wanting to be more visible, wanting to have more clients. Why not build your life, your um, dream life, and just enjoy everything along the way. It's spinideas.nl. You'll find all of Veronica's wonderful details in the description of this live session on Spotify as well. What a privilege, Veronica. Thank you so much you so for much being with us today. Thank you for having me.